Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. My name is Graham Baldwin. Good to have you here with us today on episode 16. We're going to be talking today all about how you deal with nerves before you speak. I know this is something, this is a question I get all the time from people going, man, I just, Grant, I still get nervous. Is that okay, Grant? Do you get nervous? Are you supposed to be nervous? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? We're going to be talking all about that today, why we feel nervous, what to do about that, how you can minimize and eliminate some of those fears and nerves. And also, I'm going to tell you why having those fears and nerves is not necessarily a bad thing. So we're going to be talking all about that today here again in uh, the Speaker Lab podcast episode 16. Now, before we get into it, let me remind you, we've got a, uh, a free workshop, free webinar that we are doing very soon. You're going to want to register for where we're going to be talking all about the art of speaking. So we're going to be talking about how you deal with the nerves before you speak, how you practice and rehearse, how you create and craft a talk using stories, using humor. How do you actually give a good presentation? What goes into the art of making a talk really, really good? The the, the talks, the presentations that you've seen that you're just like, man, that was just, the speaker just did such a great job of just captivating and entertaining, inspiring, motivating, whatever the goal was for that talk. How do I do that? And so we're going to be talking all about that in an upcoming free workshop. So here's what you can do. If you'd like to join us, again, it's totally free. You can go to artofspeakingwebinar.com. Again, that is artofspeakingwebinar.com. You're not going to want to miss that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you register again over at artofspeakingwebinar.com. All right, let's get into this. So today we're in episode 16 talking all about how do you deal with nerves before you speak. So let's start off with a quote here. I came across this quote recently that I thought was uh, quite accurate, but it came from Mark Twain, who actually did quite a bit of public speaking. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, Mark Twain said, there are two types of speakers, those that are nervous and those that are liars. Those that are nervous and those that are liars. I remember even seeing a, uh, an interview with Elvis Presley, one of the greatest entertainers and performers of our time. And one of the things he said was that I've never gotten over stage fright. I go through it every single show. And so I think, again, sometimes we have this outside perception that speakers are supposed to never be nervous. And the the professional speakers of the world, they never get nervous. They just go up there in total confidence, and they never have the, the butterflies or the anxiety. And that's not necessarily true. I think that every speaker has some level of nerves and butterflies. And in fact, public speaking is commonly known as the biggest fear for most people. Now, I don't know if that's actually true or not. There's lots of studies and hypothetical research that floats around about that, even ahead of, of heights, ahead of death, ahead of flying, ahead of bugs snakes, loneliness, all of those different things, one of the things that ranks at the top, or the thing that ranks at the top is public speaking. In fact, the comedian Jerry Seinfeld, he does a bit where he talks about if you were at a funeral 
and that the average person would rather be in the casket than delivering the eulogy. That's how much we hate public speaking, the idea of being in front of people presenting. But think about this. Remember, you speak in public every single day. Like, I don't know why it is then that we think that getting up in front of people would be any different because you're always interacting and talking with people throughout the course of an average day or an average week. In fact, the average person says 15,000 words each day. 15,000 words each day. Now, that's the average person, all right? So for you, it may be dramatically more or, I don't know, maybe less, all right? But I'm guessing because you're a speaker, it could be a lot. So let's talk about this. Why is it do you think people actually fear getting on stage? What is it that we're worried about? What is it that we're, we're just not sure about or uncomfortable about? Well, I think part of it is, is that we fear the unknown. We just don't know what's behind the curtain. We don't know what's going to happen because every audience is different. Every environment is different. And you just say you have no idea how any given audience is going to respond. I'll give you an example. Each year I speak at, a, uh, at Iowa State University and they, uh, they bring me in in the, in the summer in August to speak to their incoming freshmen about personal finance. And so what I do actually is I go and I do the same presentation uh, six times over the course of two days. And they basically, they just keep cycling groups of, of hundreds of new students through the room. And so what's always interesting to me is even though I'm doing the exact same talk six different times, it is for six completely different audiences. So each session ends up being slightly different than the others. And so that means that some audiences are more engaged than others, some are more tired than others, some are more excited than others. Uh, It's the same talk, same room, same presentation, but each one is slightly different. And so as a speaker, it can be a little unnerving because you just never really know what you're going to get. You don't know how they're going to react. You don't know if they're going to be engaged. You don't know if they're going to laugh at your jokes. You just don't know. It's literally, it's like walking a tightrope over the audience, just praying you get to the other side in one piece. And so one of the reasons that I think sometimes we feel these fear, they feel this fear, we feel this, these nerves on stage is that we just, we fear the unknown. I think another reason maybe is that we fear the embarrassment. Like, what if, what if I tell a joke that it doesn't work? What if they think I'm a bad speaker? What if I stutter? What if I forget what I'm supposed to say? What if something doesn't work? What if my slides break down? And we fear just, we, we, we fear that embarrassment. Like, none of us want to be embarrassed. None of us want to be in a, in a situation or a circumstance where we look dumb or we embarrass ourselves or make fools of ourselves. Like, so it's so much simpler if that's the case and we want to avoid that to just not put ourselves in that situation or circumstance in the first place. Another thing I think we fear is we fear people not liking or accepting us. Fear people not liking or accepting us. I, I, I'll admit it. And I think a lot of people are like this, whether we want to admit it or not, but I'll, I'll start. My name is Grant and I'm a people pleaser. I want people to like me. I want people to think, I want people to like this podcast. Whenever I speak, I want, I want people to say nice things. I want people to tweet nice things. I want people to think nice. Oh, that guy was a good speaker. I, I like that guy. I, that's what so many of us want. Maybe that's why we're all vain enough to stand up on a stage and, and expect people to listen to us. But we fear people not liking or accepting us. And so every time we speak, it puts us in this situation of, again, risk, where what if I speak and they don't like it? What if I speak and they, they thought it was silly? What if they thought it was corny? What if they thought it was lame? What if they just didn't get it? What if I dropped the ball? What if I embarrassed myself or they didn't like it? So again, it's so much simpler to not put ourselves in that situation. 
And then I think, again, part of it is just we fear the worst case scenario. We fear that I, you know, I've practiced, I've rehearsed, I've done everything I need to do, but I get up there and it's like, we just think that the, the stage is going to collapse. We think that there's going to be some major technical malfunction. We think we're going to have our, some crazy wardrobe malfunction. We just, we keep thinking of all these different things that could go wrong. And so we, we start running through our mind with these worst case scenarios as a speaker. But I want you to think about this for a second. Have you ever stopped to think that all good things come with the possibility of failure? All good things that you do, they come with the possibility of failure. Like, think about it. Were you, were you nervous on that first date? Were you nervous in that big job interview? Were you nervous when you got engaged? Were you nervous when your child was born? Yes, because those moments matter, and so your body is reacting accordingly. So to me, if you're nervous, it means that you're probably doing something right. Because if you didn't get nervous, then you just, I don't, I don't really care how it goes. I just, it doesn't really matter to me. So having nerves is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing because I think not only does it mean that it matters, because again, if it didn't matter, you wouldn't care how it went. But also, have you noticed that fear tends to focus our attention? Fear tends to focus our attention. I mean, again, all major things in life, they focus your attention. Whenever, again, you're asking someone out for a date, when you are, uh, let's say, applying for a job you really want, and when you are starting a business, that Fear really helped you to focus in and to present your best, to put your best foot forward. So fear not only means that it matters, but it also helps you to focus that attention. Now, having said all that, I think sometimes that excitement that we have for what we're getting ready to do can be misinterpreted for fear. Because if you, have you noticed this, stop to think about this for a second. The body's reaction to fear and excitement is basically the same. The body's reaction to fear and excitement is basically the same thing. So whenever you are standing in line at an amusement park, getting ready to ride a roller coaster, right? I personally, I'm someone, I love roller coasters. Roller coasters are so much fun. They are a blast. I love doing them. I'm trying to convince my daughters to do them all the time. They are... They're slightly more nervous about roller coasters, but I'm a fan. I'm a fan of roller coasters. So a lot of times whenever I'm standing in line for, let's say, this huge monster roller coaster that I've never ridden or experienced before... I'm not scared I'm going to die. I'm pretty confident that if they're going to keep shuffling people through this, that they know that this thing is going to work and it's going to bring me back in one piece, hopefully, all right? So I'm not necessarily nervous about that, but I, or I don't have fear about that, but I have that same, those butterflies in my, my stomach. And so it can easily be misinterpreted for, oh, I'm scared. I'm, I'm worried. No, no, I'm excited. I have that, that anxiousness, the anticipation of getting ready to do something. And so again, that body's reaction to both fear and excitement is the same thing. So then it becomes this mental decision. Am I afraid or am I excited? And I think that's a great question to ask yourself. Whenever you're getting ready to go speak and you're feeling some of those nerves or some of that, those butterflies, you, can, you have the choice to make here. Am I afraid or am I excited? And so realize most speakers, most presenters, most performers, they still deal with nerves. I know for me personally, I do. I usually feel those butterflies for the first minute or so, and then everything settles down and I'm kind of off to the races and, and I'm good to go. But for that first, you know, again, that first 30 seconds, that first minute, you just don't know. You don't know how it's going to go. And so that first 30 seconds, I can always tell within that first 30 seconds how the next, you know, 30, 45, 60 minutes is going to go. Because, wow, if they didn't laugh at that, they're definitely not going to laugh 
at the rest of the stuff I have to say. If, if they didn't start nodding their head or if I don't have them with me already, it's going to be really hard to earn their, their trust later on. And so most performers, most speakers, most entertainers, presenters, whatever you want to call it, we still deal with nerves. And so again, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So the bigger question then is this, how do you actually control those nerves? How do you deal with those nerves? I have found for me, there are three things that have really helped me to deal with those nerves. Three things that have really helped me to become a more confident speaker. Number one is this, all right? Number one is practice. Practice, practice, practice. I practice a lot. I've spent hours and hours pacing my office, hotel rooms, going over my talks. Uh, and I want to just make sure, here's what I'm trying to go for. I want to feel comfortable enough with my material that I know where I'm going, but I, I don't want to necessarily feel overly rehearsed to the point of it being robotic. I want it to almost feel like a, a casual conversation with the audience. But that means I need to know my content and where I'm really going so that I'm really comfortable and confident. You know, think of it like this. If I were to ask you, tell me about when you got engaged or, or some other like significant moment in your life, you would probably feel pretty confident in telling that story because you lived it. It would, it's a part of you. You wouldn't need your notes. But if I ask you to tell me the same story a week later, the story might be slightly different. The, the gist of the story would be the same, but a few of the details might be slightly different. Because there's a balance in knowing where a talk is going, but not being so robotic that you've got it memorized verbatim. So here's another way to think of this, okay? You remember back in like in, in high school or college, university, taking some type of like test or pop quiz? Uh, like, of course you do, right? So whenever you would walk in on test day, you would feel one of two feelings. Either one, wait, we're taking a, a, a test today? Like you didn't tell us we had a test day. Like you just start panicking, you start freaking out, or you walk in feeling like, no, 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 I, I got this. I got give me the test. Let's do use mine as the answer key if you need to. Like you just feel that level of confidence. So so one feeling is fear and the other is confidence. The difference then is how well you were prepared. Speakers who just show up, who go through the motions, who just wing it are not good speakers. Speakers who spend a lot of time practicing, rehearsing, honing the material are much more confident on stage. Today, whenever I get up to speak, if I'm doing some material that I've done before, I'm confident in that material because I've worked on it. I've worked on it not only behind the scenes where I've been I've been practicing it and learning it and trying to memorize it and get it down, but also I've worked on it in front of live audiences. I've presented some of these materials, some of these stories in front of other people, so I know that what I'm getting ready to share with them works. I've tried it. I've tweaked it. I've made those, those modifications so that I know what I'm getting ready to deliver works. It's the same thing like if you're going to... To a restaurant, if the chef there is just, they're just gonna try some new recipe. I just whipped this up. I hope people like it. Versus, no, no, I've tried this recipe. I've tweaked it. This is our bestseller. I know this works. They become much, much more confident than just hopping up there and just winging something out there to the uh, to, to the diners and hope that it is what they like. So the more you practice, the more you rehearse, the more confident and comfortable you become. Now, in the next episode, in episode 17, we're going to be talking a lot more in depth about how you actually practice, how you actually rehearse, how you learn, go over your material. So you're not going to want to miss that again. That's going to be episode 17. So first thing I re really recommend to help you become a more confident speaker to deal with and control some of those nerves is to practice, is to rehearse. The second thing that I think really will help with this is to get at bats. 
get at bats. Now for me, like a lot of kids growing up, I spent several summers playing baseball. And so my major league dreams of I was playing for the St. Louis Cardinals. That was my dream. I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. But once uh, I remember like in elementary, I got hit. I remember I got hit in the knee one time by a fastball and it literally it left this, the marks of the seams from the baseball on my knee, like just embedded there on my knee. And so after that, I was like, yeah, <laughs> screw this. I'm not I'm not doing this. Uh, but I remember several times going into the batting cage with my dad and just taking practice swing after practice swing after practice swing. And I knew that that was really the only way that I was going to get better is not to just think about playing baseball, but to actually get in there and to take some at bats in the same way that I could, I could sit in my room. I could read books or articles about bat speed, about proper batting stance, about swing theory. I'm not even sure if that's a thing, but the best way to learn was to actually do it. Same thing. I I remember I played a ton of basketball growing up as a kid and I would spend hours and hours and hours in my driveway and in gymnasiums just practicing free throws, practicing free throw after free throw after free. I would play mental games with myself, telling myself, I, you know, if I make the next two shots, then our team wins the championship or we force overtime or something like that. Did you ever play that? Did you ever do those little mental tricks with yourself? Let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious if that was you. But I wanted to just get used to having those at-bats, to having that practice. So by the time I put myself in that situation or circumstance, I became more comfortable. I became more confident. I even remember um, I played basketball in junior high. I remember practicing with our team. And one of the things that we would do from time to time is we would have people, we would take turns shooting free throws, but we would have everyone else on the team yelling, screaming, distracting us. And so that pressure forced you to have to make the free throw or something like the entire team would have to run sprints, which just sucked. You didn't want to be that guy. So you're putting yourself in that situation where these at-bats, that practice made you better when it became time to actually play in the game. And so the, one of the best ways that I know to become a better speaker is to actually speak. Let that sink in for a second. Well, how do you become a better speaker? You actually speak, which means that you stop reading blog posts, that you stop watching TED Talks, that you stop pretending to be a speaker. You look for any and all opportunities that you can speak. So that means you give presentations at work. That means you speak at a local Rotary Club or a Toastmasters. Maybe you teach a Sunday school class at church. You become a like a guest speaker at a local school. How do you become a better speaker? You actually speak. Now, as you may know, I have uh, I have three little girls. And so if I was teaching one of my daughters about how to ride a bike, like, listen, we could watch YouTube videos about riding a bike. We could read articles. We could read an instruction manual. But how do you learn to ride a bike? You get on the bike and you ride the freaking bike. And so how do you become a more confident, better speaker? How do you deal with some of those nerves? You actually speak. And so as you speak more, you become more confident in your material. You become more confident in your presentation skills. You become more confident in handling an audience. You learn what works, what doesn't. You are literally getting on the job training, which makes you better, but it also helps you to feel more comfortable, confident, and minimize some of those nerves that you may be feeling. So number one is to practice. Number two is to get some at-bats. Let's talk about number three here. Number three is to relax. Just relax. Just chill out. Because again, we've already kind of established here, it can be really nerve-wracking standing on a stage in front of a live audience just hoping that they don't eat you alive. But let's turn the tables for a second, right? Put yourself in the position of the audience. You've been out there listening to a speaker before. And so as an audience member, what do you prefer to listen to? 
a crappy speaker or an engaging speaker? Like, do you want to see a speaker fumble their way through a talk, make a fool of themselves? Or, or would you rather prefer that they come prepared and not waste your time? And so here's the lesson. Here's the thing I want you to catch. The audience is on your side. The audience is on your side. They, they want you to do good. They really don't want you to suck because they don't want to have to sit through it. And so as speakers, sometimes we have this like mental us versus them mentality. Like the audience hates you. No, they don't. Internally, they want nothing more than for you to do good. They are on your side. So take a deep breath. Stop assuming they're against you. Stop assuming it's this us versus them mentality there because it's not. And so Speakers who are natural and comfortable with themselves, with their material, they cause the audience to feel the same way. The audience will mimic the the emotions and the feelings that you have. So if you get up there and you are nervous and like, like, I mean, think about it for a second. Have you ever... Have you ever watched a speaker that was really, really uncomfortable and it just it, like it just showed through? They were really nervous. They were fidgety. They were anxious. Like it causes you to feel. It just causes you to feel like uncomfortable. It's just painful to to sit through that. But whenever you are watching a speaker that's excited, that's fun, that's confident, how does that make you feel? It makes you feel excited. It makes you fe- have fun. It makes you feel more confident. And so the audience matches and mimics the emotions that you are showing from stage. And so if you are having fun, if you are confident, then the audience has more fun. The audience becomes more confident. They put more trust in you because they feel like, okay, this person knows what they're doing. Even if that means a little bit, you're faking it. Even if that means you still have some nerves. But if you exude that confidence, then that's what the audience will feel as well. And so as a speaker, realize you're always going to have some nerves. Like I'm, I'm pretty confident whenever I walk out on stage, I'm, but I still, I still have some of those nerves. And to be honest with you, I kind of hope that feeling doesn't go away because again, whenever I get up and speak and I feel those nerves, when I feel those butterflies, it means that I, it matters. It means that I'm excited. It means that I have the opportunity to get up and impact people. And you have that same opportunity. And so when your body is reacting in that same way, you kind of have that same fight or flight choice there. Is my body reacting out of this because I'm nervous, because I haven't prepared, because I haven't done the work, because I haven't, I haven't rehearsed, because I haven't invested the time, because I'm getting up here and just winging it? Or is my body excited because I have the opportunity to speak. I have the opportunity to encourage, to motivate, to inspire, to help people in some way. And so how do you become more confident? One, you practice. You practice a lot. Be super, super comfortable and confident with your material and where you're going. Number two is that you get at bats, that you take advantage of every opportunity that you have to speak. The reason that I feel comfortable and confident in a variety of different situations and settings and environments is because I've been in hundreds of situations and circumstances and settings. And so when I walk into it, it's, I can relate to, oh, I remember in this situation, this happened and this is how we handled it. And that didn't work. So I need to do it different next time. And so you learn that on the job training by actually speaking. And then again, number three is just relax. The audience, they don't want you to suck. They prefer you be awesome. So so do that, all right? Why don't you just go out there and be awesome instead of just being so deep in your own head that you miss out on the moment with the audience. All right, that wraps up today's episode. Hey, again, don't forget that we are doing this free webinar coming up really soon. You're going to want to register for that over at artofspeakingwebinar.com. Again, that is artofspeakingwebinar.com. All one word there. Slap it in the machine of your choice and register for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, as a reminder, in episode 17, we're going to be talking more about how to practice, rehearse your material. It's going to be a lot of fun. Don't miss that. As always, you can find the show notes, links, everything we discuss and talk about over at thespeakerlab.com. 
um, definitely stop by, check that out. A lot of cool resources over there. Not going to want to want you to miss out on anything. If you haven't already, be sure and subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review in iTunes, Stitcher, all those beautiful places. We appreciate that. All right, my friends, we'll catch you next time. You're awesome. <laughs>